Hey everyone, I need your attention for one minute. This is not one of those ads. This is something that has changed my entire life. If you've been listening to this podcast, you know that this is all about personal development as the foundation for everything good in your life. And this podcast is now sponsored by Growth Day, which is the world's first all-in-one personal development app. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine having everything all in one place that you need to create the life that you want? Now you can. So if you've been struggling with your motivation, your mood, your productivity, or your purpose, you have to check this out. Growth Day helps you consciously change your life and achieve your potential. It has all the self-improvement tools, motivational classes, and life coaching all in one place. So many of us want to improve our lives, but the question is how? Where do we start? What do we use? How do you get unstuck? How do you make self-improvement stick? Well, research shows how. It's when you consistently journal, track your habits, set goals, learn from empowering mentors, and challenge yourself that you'll be happier, healthier, and more successful. But let me ask you something. Where do you actually do all of your personal development work? I have to tell you that over 300,000 people use Growth Day for a reason. It works. It's the world's number one software for self-improvement. Growth Day has an amazing mindset journal that I absolutely love, a habit tracker, and a goal-setting system. In fact, I bet if you went to my stories this week, you probably saw me using the journaling app and telling you to do it too, because it's the first time that journaling has ever actually stuck consistently in my life because of this app. And best of all, Growth Day has live inspirational classes every single week from the world's top motivational speakers and life coaches. These are people who have impacted my life in huge ways. These are mentors who I already knew and loved. In fact, this is something that's so huge for me, you guys. I personally teach a class in Growth Day every single month, and it is one of the most fun things that I get to do, and I'd love to see you there. These classes will truly shift your life. There's always something new that you will learn. So join me in 300,000 Achievers Growing Our Lives with actual real intention. Visit growthday.com slash Lori for a free trial. Yes, you can try this for free. So go to growthday.com slash Lori and go live your best life. You guys, that's growthday.com forward slash Lori. And I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. I'm Lori Harder, founder of The Bliss Project, three-time fitness world champion, fitness expert, and cover model turned self-love junkie, lifestyle entrepreneur, and author. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you bust through your fears, connect to your soul, and get focused and clear so you can elevate your life, business, and relationships. We don't wait until we're ready for someone to tell us we're good enough. We take what we want and we anoint ourselves. Get ready to earn, own, and unapologetically rock your happiness every single day. Are you with me? Here we go. Welcome back to the Earn Your Happy Podcast. And today I am like geeking out excited for you guys to meet my guest, Sean Stevenson. He is a 
incredibly dynamic human being who is not only brilliant, but just fun loving and so real and down to earth. He's the best selling author and creator of the Model Health Show, which has quickly become one of my favorite podcasts. So definitely tune into that. It's been featured as the number one nutrition and fitness podcast on iTunes. He's a graduate of the University of Missouri, St. Louis with a background in biology and kinesiology. Sean went on to be the founder of Advanced Integrative Health Alliance, a successful company that provides wellness services for both individuals and organizations worldwide. He's also a dynamic keynote speaker who's spoken for TEDx universities and numerous organizations with outstanding reviews. And I'm sure this podcast is going to blow your mind as much as it did mine. And we talk about everything from nutrition to fitness to sleep to really hacking into these little tips that are going to completely change the game for you as far as your just fitness goals, mood, and entire life. So without further ado, let's get started. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So we were just talking previously for a minute, and I first heard you on one of Lewis Howe's podcasts, and I was running while I was listening, and literally I was thinking, wow, I just really want to go to bed right now because you sold (laughs) (laughs) It was like morning, (laughs) but you just sold me so much on sleeping and I already felt that way about sleep and I just really love how you show up in the world. So for those people who don't know who you are, um, I would love if you would just share a bit about your story and how you got into doing what you do now. Sure, okay. Um, Yeah, my story is kind of interesting and I was kind of thrust into this field uh, I'm not going to say on accident, but mm-hmm. it wasn't something that I expected. Mm-hmm. And for me, it kind of, it, it really started with a really devastating diagnosis that I received when I was 20 years old. And at this point I was an aspiring athlete, but I'd been through a lot because when I was, uh, 15, 16 years old, sophomore in high school, I, I ran a four, five 40, which is like NFL time, wow. uh, in the 40 yard dash. And I had a lot of opportunity to play at the next level coming in already. And it just stopped all of a sudden when I broke my hip, not playing football, but just running. Mm -hmm. I was running on a track and my hip broke. And this was a sign of things to come with uh, what I was eventually diagnosed with degenerative bone disease and degenerative disc disease. So basically my spine and my bones were deteriorating rapidly to the degree that my physician at the time told me I had the spine of an 80 year old person when I was just 20 years old. And what that led to for me and what brought me into the hospital uh, to see him in the first place was I was having this kind of chronic leg pain. It was just like a numb pain and just dull pain. It wasn't anything too bad. I thought maybe I pulled a muscle or something. And he had me get, a, get an MRI of my spine, which so crazy at the time I was questioning, why do you want to look at my back when my leg hurts? Mm. Like I had no idea of the connection in the human body. Like I was so naive and ignorant to all of this. And long story short, um, I I received this diagnosis and I asked him specifically when I was sitting there on the examination table and he showed me the MRI, I asked him, does this have anything to do with what I'm eating? And I don't know why I asked this question to this day. It's like a miracle that those words came out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. But he looked at me like I was crazy and he said, this has absolutely nothing to do with what you're eating. This is just something that happens. I'm sorry. And this is something you're just going to have to deal with. And so 
what was so crazy is the fact that he told me this has nothing to do with what I was putting in my mouth, but then he gave me some drugs to put in my mouth, mm. right? So this is kind of the level of consciousness I'm dealing with here because it did matter what I was putting into my body, which I would find out later. So fast forward the story, two years go by, and at this point, I'd gone through a lot. You know, I did, and I please, I want everyone to hear this every chance that I get. Whenever you get some devastating news, when it comes to your health or somebody that you care about, make sure to get a second and even third opinion, mm. all right? Don't just buy into that right then because the nocebo effect can take hand, which I'll talk about in just a second, but it's really important to get multiple opinions on things when it comes to your health and, and the health of people you care about. So I was smart enough to do that, luckily, but they gave me the same diagnosis. And so two years go by, I gained a bunch of weight because every physician was saying, you know, don't do anything, be very careful, bed rest. I, I put a back, they gave me a back brace to wear and I became very docile, very uh, sedentary and I gained like 50 pounds because at the time I was still in college and I was eating what I call the tough diet the acronym TUF, Typical University Food, right? So I'm like hammering pizza and donuts <laughs> every day. You know, we had the Papa John special at my school, so it's like a large one topping for $5. Anyways, mm -hmm. it, was, uh, it was crazy what I was doing with, with all this food I was eating. And so I was, I, I was very fluffy. I say it was a fluffy version of myself, and I was definitely dipping into uh, despair, depression, feeling disconnected, loss of sense of purpose and, and significance in my life. And it all came to a head. Everything kind of shifted when I was about to take, and my biggest struggle through this whole thing was when I went to bed at night. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest struggle because the pain for me was so bad that it would wake me up if I even changed positions. So I was on prescription medications, over-the-counter stuff, and I had my own little cocktail to keep me asleep, basically to knock me out. But it was pseudo-sleep. It wasn't really that anabolic recovery, uh, high quality sleep that we're gonna be talking about. It was a pseudo sleep that left me, when, when my alarm went off in the morning to get up and go to school, I, it, was, it was so difficult just to get out of bed. Like it was, it was a tremendous struggle. Like I'm trying to put myself in those shoes. It was like, it felt like I was trying to peel myself off of the mattress, like I was mm. strapped to it. Like I, my body was so heavy. And then through the day, it just was like a, a, a fog for most of the day until the evening hours rolled around. And then I went through the whole process again. Mm. And so I sat on the edge of my bed uh, after I got the last, after I saw my last physician and he gave me the same story. And I realized all these years had gone by and I put all of my hope and my trust in these people who, even though they meant well, they were telling me there's nothing that I could do. They were telling me that my life was destined to be this for the rest of my days. Mm. And for me to buy into that was like the greatest mistake that I ever made in my life. But, and it wasn't even, for me, it wasn't a mistake if you learn from it. You know, it was one of my greatest lessons. And so I made the decision right there in that moment to get well myself. And most people never do that. It's so subtle that people miss it. Most people is like, and you know this, it's like wishful thinking, like I hope this works, I'll give this a try. Mm. Um, I, I, I wish that this would work out for me, but that's very disempowered thinking. And so when you make a real decision about something, there was, and I'm a big stand of, uh, fan of lexicon, and I actually put this in the book as well, that um, decision is day, which means from, and kaidir, which means to cut. So I cut away the possibility of anything else but me getting well. And that in, put me on a, 
um, a, a journey, a real big mission. And I'm a very analytical person, as people are going to hear. So it wasn't like, you know, Rainbow came out and like a, a genie came out and or my um, spirit animal or something and my whole life changed in an instant. I'm very analytical. I'm not saying that stuff can happen. No disrespect to spirit animals. All right. Anybody <laughs> out there, you've got the hawk going or whatever it is, unicorn. I'm, I, I love it. But for me, I'm a very analytical human being. And so I put a plan together. And that plan entailed three specific things. Uh, one was really focusing on optimizing my nutrition. The second thing was movement. And the third component was sleep. And if you like, I could share a little bit about each thing and what I did to, to kind of accelerate this. And, uh, spoiler alert, I reversed the condition and <laughs> became best-selling author and, you know, reaching millions of people, all that kind of stuff. So... <laughs> Okay, amazing. I would love that. I would love if you would just go into touching on the three things that you did. Sure, sure. So I'll just give a very, very brief summation of this because I don't want to spend too much time talking about me. So um, number one was the nutrition. And so I started off low hanging fruit. I didn't know a thing. So I started drinking like Weight Watchers, not Weight mm -hmm. Watchers, um, Slim Fast shakes. Oh my God, me too. Ew, <laughs> ew, right? Ew. And I would try to freeze them, like do whatever I could to make it taste good. It was horrible. And that didn't, I mean, I would lose a couple of pounds and I gained it back. And so it, w it didn't last very long. And that was just a couple of weeks of struggle with that. And then I started, you know, it's that saying when a student is ready, the teacher will appear. And the right information, the right book started to land in my lap, seemingly. And I started to find out because I asked the right questions. And questions guide our actions. So instead of me asking why me? Why did this happen to me? Why won't somebody help me? I started to ask, what is it that I need to do to heal from this? What is this trying to teach me? Um, I asked, what is my spine actually made out of? What are my bones made out of? Because I never asked that question before. I just assumed because of the commercials, it was all about calcium, right? And then I came across data showing there was like over 200 compounds, many of them more important than calcium, that I had no idea about. And I know for certain I was not getting in my Papa John's or my Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I was not getting, so some of those things were silica, uh, polysaccharides, uh, food enzymes, amino acids, like um, uh, sulfur-bearing amino acids specifically. So all these things were needed to regenerate tissue. And I wasn't getting any of those things. And so my body, it's a miracle that I made it to 20, mm. you know, without my body breaking down so rapidly. And this is coming from somebody, I grew up, when people say they ate bad when they were a kid, they have no idea. I mean, I literally didn't eat a salad until I was 25 years old. That was the first time I had a salad in my life, all right? A, a single lip, uh, leaf did not pass my lips. I just couldn't do it. And um, so, but this for me, this was when I was 22 and a half. So two years go by and I, I dramatically changed my body, but I still hadn't eaten a salad. But what I was eating and I was juicing now, I was blending it into foods but I wasn't eating the leaves themselves. I still had this weird stigma. <laughs> Anyways, so I started to flood my body with those nutrients and that was a huge catalyst for change. That was part one. Part two was movement. And I came across a study that was actually done on horses and found that you know horses, if they break a bone, this is, could be potentially millions of dollars of loss for their owner You know, with the whole uh, racehorse uh, industry, which is just weird in and of itself. But just the value there is just um, unbelievable. So they wanted to make sure that they have strong bone density. So they would give the horses supplements. And in this study, they found that supplementation for the horses did improve their bone density. 
versus, you know, the control group that didn't have the supplements. But they found that when you walk the horses and gave them supplements at the same time, so they need to be walked, it increased the bone density even more. And so that tells us that exercise is not about having a six pack. It's not about, you know, having this amazing fit body. That's a side effect. Exercise, the primary thing for exercise, the primary reason that a human body requires it is for assimilation of nutrients and detoxification of metabolic waste. Like the word exercise is derived from the word exorcism, right? It means kind of like it's kind of weird, creepy thing, but it's like to get stuff out of you that shouldn't be there basically. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're exercising your, your, um, your metabolic waste. You're getting those things out of your body that shouldn't be there and moving your lymphatic system. And so when I started to exercise and move my body again, and I started slow, I just started where I could. I was barely even able to, to walk properly without embarrassment and like weird, just the way that I was walking, my gait was off. So I started on a stationary bike for a week or two. Then I moved on to like an elliptical machine and I started to do a little walking, then jogging, then picking up the weights again. And long story short, uh, six weeks after this kind of moment of decision, I lost 28 pounds. And the pain I've been in every waking moment for two and a half years was gone. And um, eventually, this was about nine months later, I got a scan done. I had two ruptured discs I didn't mention earlier. They both, they retracted on their own. I regenerated the tissue in my spine to the degree that I was no longer an 80-year-old person internally. And my physician at the time just said that, you know, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because he had no explanation for it. And um, that was really the birthing of my career as well because people saw this transformation at my university and professors started to ask me for help, students, and I shifted my course of study to biology, kinesiology, and eventually opened my own clinic and all that good stuff. But uh, the thing that I'm really teaching today and really advocating is that the biggest change happened for me was the third component was when I went to sleep. You know, if you're not sleeping, you're not healing. Mm. That's when your body really changes from all the good nutrition and from the exercise and movement and becomes back better. So what I discovered was that things that I did during the day ended up radically improving my sleep quality. And so that's really, I, I believe, what we're going to focus on today. So I'm excited to share what I learned. Mm, I love that. And I am going to move into that. And I, I just want to ask you first, what did you, what was your mood like in comparison to before all of that? Oh, my goodness. So um, a lot of people want to get their life back, mm-hmm. you know, when they lose something or they're in a tremendous struggle. And um, I, I don't think that that's possible. And I think that's a... Uh, it's a sad way of being to want to get your life back. For me, what really came from all of this is kind of like the story of, you know, the Phoenix and rising from the ashes. You don't want to get your life back. You want a better life, a different life. Something is going to be different. Something is going to be greater. Something can flower and come from the, the struggle that you go through, the drama, the, the challenges. And so that's really what happened for me. I got a far better life. And I realized that it, this wasn't just a physical transformation. It was definitely deeply a mental and emotional and spiritual transformation for me. And again, this is coming from a scientist when I'm talking about spiritual. So um, full disclaimer, but I really, I fell into the fact that when I was asking those disempowering questions, your brain, the reticular activating system, your reticular cortex, These parts of your brain are constantly scanning your environment, scanning data to affirm whatever questions you ask of it. Our ability to ask questions is one of the most powerful fundamental gifts that we have as human beings that we don't leverage for our own good. You know, we're constantly asking disempowering things 
and your life is looking for things to affirm that. So if you're like, why can't I get better from, you know, this back problem? Or why, why can't I find the person that, you know, um, I, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with? And your, your life, you will find things in your life that affirm how messed up things are, you know, how, how weak you are in certain areas of your life. And so for me, um, I realized that one of those things that came up for me was that I was a very self-centered person. And I didn't realize it because if you're self-centered, of course, you don't know because you're like you're in your own self. You're in your own kind of uh, your ego. And so I, I it really came to the forefront in how I was operating in relationships. And I, I was a good person. I was a good man for sure. I had good intentions, but that's not how I was showing up in the world. And I, I through this, I realized that my joy was found in helping other people and being of service. Not that people needed help, per se, but just to be there for people, to be a, a model of compassion, to be a leader, to be somebody who provides a, a space or a model for people to, to strive towards. You know, it wasn't about just like, oh, you need help. It was more so about how can I serve, whatever that looks like. And it might not be for telling somebody how to do proper push-ups, you know, or what to eat. It's just being there and being human and connecting. And so that was huge for me. And I became, I, I really, I, I've never used these words before, but I feel like I became a light. Mm. You know, I became so radiant and, 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 and this sense of presence and peace that I carry with me. And I felt that that really influenced the rooms that I was in. It influenced the people that were around me. And I value that so much, even to this day. You know, I value being, being it. You know, so many of us are influenced by our environment. We go into a space not understanding our power and we're at the mercy of what's happening around us, not understanding that we can bring it to it. We can be the light in the room. We can be the, the positivity. We can be the, the sense of passion and purpose and dedication and patience, mm -hmm. you know, and so I really, that became my life and it was a much more joyful life. Of course, tough stuff has happened along the way, but I've always felt strong now. I felt so strong and capable and, and grateful. Like even when negative things happen, I'm so grateful. Mm. When I lost my health, that was the best thing that ever happened to me, mm. you know, because it really opened my eyes and opened my heart to really be here and be the person that I am today. And yeah, like I said, I'm just very grateful. Mm, that's so powerful. And you know, I, for those listening, I can't, see him, but I can feel that. So that light is so uh, apparent and everything that you're sharing is going to help people tap into that for themselves too. Um, and all of these amazing shifts that you can make in your life to really be able to get into that place that you are speaking from, because I feel it. It is amazing. Thank you so much. So as far as, um, sleeping, what do you wish people knew about it? Oh my goodness. Uh, it's like hours, know, right? <laughs> the, I really like to, we're, we're all, we're all looking for the same thing. You know, when it boils down to, we all want, we all want to feel good. You know, we all want to look good. We all want to be healthy. We all want to be fit and that's okay. Like I think first we all, first of all, we need to acknowledge that, that it's okay that I want to be beautiful. It's okay that I want to feel good. It's okay that I want to be attractive. You deserve those things, you know, it's your birthright. And well, we've, getting, we've gotten so disconnected from that reality and we've bought into this reality 
of I can't have something for nothing, right? And so what I what I mean by that is that we think that we're lacking something. And so the word the way that things are structured today, where it's like the popular people, lots of popular people on social media is like um, sleep is for suckers. You know, um, you got to grind your face off every day until you have nothing left. And, you know, this kind of weird, um, this weird idea is being permeated in the culture that that's why that person's successful is because they beat themselves to the ground and we need to be more like them. And I've actually talked to many of these people and that's not the story, uh, spoiler alert, but I will come back to that hopefully in a minute. But here's the bottom line with that psychology we can totally accept, and I know you know this too, Lori, is that we can totally accept in our, in our mental construct that if I want to get a better body, then I, if I go and do this new exercise program, that's the way to do it, right? It's just, I'm looking for that next exercise program or the toughest workout, whatever, and I can beat myself to a pulp and I can get the result. So if I put everything into that, I can get it. Like if I go full out, beat myself up, I can get the result. So that's one side. Even with diet, we do the same thing. If I just cut more calories, if I just watch what I'm eating, we can wrap our minds around the fact that if I do more, I can get more. And that's a very also American thing of like if a little is good, more is better kind of thing. Now, here's the reality and why it's so difficult is that you get far more transformation in your in your physical body from sleeping than you do from diet and exercise combined. And I'm going to back that up with, with research here in a moment. But it's difficult for us to accept that because you don't do anything, right? It's difficult for us to wrap our minds around the fact that I can get more from doing absolutely nothing than beating myself up in the gym and in the kitchen, you know, and depriving myself. And so what I wanna start with is uh, important research. This was done at the University of Chicago and hopefully this is gonna just like break through, shatter your paradigm right now. So <laughs> what they did was they took individuals and they put them on a calorie restricted diet, you know, kind of traditional stuff, what I was taught in a university setting. And they monitored their results and their fat loss, all right? And what happened was in, the, in this phase of the study, they allowed them to get eight and a half hours of sleep and they consistently monitor, monitor this, all right? Another phase of the study, same exact diet, they're not cutting any more calories. They're not changing anything there, not exercising more. But now they sleep deprive them. Okay, they sleep deprive them. Now they're getting five and a half hours of sleep. So three hours of sleep less. At the end of the study, they found that the individuals who got eight and a half hours of sleep that slept more lost 55% more body fat mm. just by sleeping wow. than the other group. All right. That is 55% body, more body fat loss. You can't get that from like the, the workout of the day. Like that you, <laughs> you can't get that kind of result unless you literally grind and beat yourself down day after day after day. You beat your metabolism into submission. But your metabolism is like laughing at you when you're doing that stuff because you have to sustain that. You have to maintain that abuse. And as soon as you stop, it's going to swing back. It's like that pendulum. It's going to swing back with momentum. And that's where we get into, and I've seen this across the board for, I mean, I've been in this field 15 years. And when people lose weight, then they gain it back and some because your metabolism has now changed. Mm. You damage your metabolism. And so if we would just understand that, and also let's talk about why it works, all right? Because mm -hmm. we can't just say, oh, this study 
it is what it is, but what do we do about it? Why does it work? So number one, this is, ah, I love this. So (laughs) I I don't share this enough. And there's so much research in Sleep Smarter, but some things I didn't put into the book is just, there's so much, there's too much. But a recent study, and this was in the journal um, Pineal Research, all right? So there's a journal for like everybody part. It's like a pinky toe journal, right? There's journals for everything. But so this is the journal Pineal Research. And so what they discovered was that melatonin, this glorified sleep hormone that's only produced with a natural dark cycle. So it's like you being in darkness, right? A natural dark cycle. This is when you optimize your sleep. Melatonin is not getting produced properly if you're not in a dark environment at night. And so what they found was that melatonin actually increases your production of something called BAT or brown adipose tissue. Right, it increases your production of brown adipose tissue. And what's so fascinating about this, brown adipose tissue functions like muscle in the fact that it burns white adipose tissue, which is the fat that people are trying to get rid of, you know, sub, subcutaneous fat, right? The fat that's like right underneath your skin, visceral fat. Um, this is going to lean more towards what we're talking about with white adipose tissue. So brown adipose tissue, you only have a small amount like on the your back of your shoulders, your uh, collarbone, very small amount. But that brown adipose tissue is incredibly valuable for your metabolism. And melatonin, the sleep hormone, produces more. It's so powerful. So that's number one. That's one of the reasons that it works to, to, for people to lose so much body fat in that study. The other thing is you get the greatest secretion in human growth hormone mm. when you're sleeping. All right, Human growth hormone is, number one, it's muscle sparing. It's muscle protective, and muscle is your body's fat-burning machinery, right? Mm-hmm. So you need that human growth hormone to support, support your muscle, uh, increases metabolism. It's a, it's, it's a key player in roles of, other, of your sex hormones as well. So these are all playing a, a really powerful kind of synchronistic uh, symphony in your body with human growth hormone, testosterone, estrogen, estradiol, progesterone, all that stuff. They're dancing together. And if growth hormone isn't getting produced properly, everything else is thrown off. And growth hormone is also known as the youth hormone. That's the, the nickname for it, the quote youth hormone. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the hormones that gives you that energy to get up and to do the exercise and to uh, put the energy that goes into, you know, making a wholesome dinner instead of just putting, you know, a hot pocket in the microwave. <laughs> I don't know if anybody still does that or not. I don't <laughs> I even know if they're they still real. <laughs> but anyways, uh, or I'm sorry, a lean pocket. Right? <laughs> yes. That's what I was eating. I was eating the lean pockets. Um, so that's, that, those are two things. Last thing I'll share, and I can go, I mean, I could break down every single hormone along this track with your endocrine system, but the last one that people need to be aware of is my good friend cortisol. All right. Me and cortisol have a great relationship. All right. It's not that cortisol is a bad guy and I'm, it's disturbing when I hear experts like talking about how bad cortisol is. Cortisol is critical to building your thyroid hormone, for example, like it's important for you having like the energy to, to exercise and all that kind of stuff. But it's when it's produced too much or too little or at the wrong times. That's when we get into problems. So when it comes to sleep, so one of the first things that happens in a really, really negative way when you're sleep deprived is that you have elevated cortisol, like your cortisol rhythm, you have a certain cortisol rhythm that it's supposed to spike in the early morning between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. then gradually decline throughout the day, your cortisol rhythm, your baseline goes up, number one, and also 
your cortisol rhythm can get turned upside down. Clinically, we call people tired and wired, where the cortisol is too high at night and too low in the morning. And that was me. That was my story. Mm-hmm. I could barely get up in the morning. And at night, I felt really wired and I had to medicate myself. All right. So cortisol, um, sleep helps to regulate and, and reset this cortisol rhythm. All right. And so cortisol, when it, when it comes to body fat, I'm sorry, with fat loss, Cortisol has this interesting ability. It's a process called gluconeogenesis, right? Gluconeogenesis, creation of glucose, creation of sugar, basically, in your system. Cortisol can break down your lean muscle, your muscle, which is, again, muscle is your body's fat-burning machinery. It can tear down your muscle and turn it into glucose. And then glucose activates insulin, which will make that, your muscle downstream eventually stored as fat, basically. And so... It's, it's like a sad state of affairs. You know, people are working so hard in the gym and doing so much with their diets, but their sleep sucks and they're wondering why they're not getting the result. And it's just, we've been setting ourselves up for failure because nobody's been honestly sharing this and also sharing the data in a way that makes sense. Because, you know, the top sleep experts in the country for years are just like, you need to get seven, eight hours of sleep. That's stupid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's wrong because... It's not about the amount of hours you, you need you sleep. It's the quality of those hours, number one. And number two, everybody's different. Some people require more sleep. Mm-hmm. Some people require a little bit less. Mm. You know, it depends on your, your life, where you are right now. And that could change from day to day, you know. But consistently, generally, we live our life in a pretty consistent fashion. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, if you start training for a triathlon tomorrow, guess what? You're probably going to need more sleep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... We have to get out of this cookie cutter mentality and give people the keys to optimizing the sleep that they do get so that they can feel like a rock star every day and accomplish their goals. Mm, Love all of that. And truly, I am I'm like eight to nine hours of sleep and I felt I felt bad about it for a while as like an entrepreneur and doing, you know, asking people to um, also grow their businesses and help them. And it's like for me, I am two different people. I am like an People think I'm really nice, but if I, if I don't sleep, I am like an angry gremlin searching for crackers. Like that is that is the only thing that I become when I'm not sleeping. And I just, I think the more that I learned about sleep, the more I just, I, I saw the effects in my life. And truly when you talk about just having more success and just, you know, seeing it in your health and in your mood, I... I just from two hours difference, my mood is completely different. I stayed up to watch the election show. So the next day I was like, Oh my God, I'm so tired. I don't feel good. Yes. Yes, I feel (laughs) a little bit depressed. It was like, I couldn't even believe the effects that it was having. So for people out there who are, who are already sold on it, I mean, seriously, you're selling me on a nap right now, but, um, Oh, and I want to talk about napping too, but what are some ways that we can set ourselves up for a good night's sleep, especially for people who feel like they can't even, like it's overwhelming, right, to think about yeah. sleep. I've been in that position as well. Yeah, sure. Um, well, first of all, I want to touch on really quickly the fact of what you said, like a hungry little gremlin, right? <laughs> yes. And the and which is so funny because now I'm thinking about the gremlins movie. It's like don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> so true, right? But um, what happens when we're sleep deprived is, and UC Berkeley actually did brain imaging scans and they looked at the brain when you're sleep deprived, um, and this is just. Uh, 24 hours of sleep deprivation, there's a dramatic decrease in uh, activity in your frontal cortex, your prefrontal cortex. This is the part of your brain that's responsible for decision-making, willpower, 
distinguishing between distinguishing between right and wrong, your social control, that part of your brain starts to go quote cold. All right. Your activity starts to lessen and the activity increases rapidly in your amygdala. This is the part of your brain that's basically concerned about survival only. Like it could care less about your plans to fit into the swimsuit or whatever. It's just like, I want Doritos now. Okay. <laughs> and so with that, we get into this ba- battle of like our willpower versus our biology. And our, our biology is going to win out in the long run, period. And so another thing was is um, Stanford University found that, again, just that short amount of sleep deprivation decreases your body production of leptin, which is your satiety hormone, and increases ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone. So this is why, you know, if you're up late at night, chances are, and tell me if I'm wrong, anybody listening, if you've ever been up at one o'clock in the morning watching, you know, your favorite Netflix show or whatever, or the election, you're up late at night watching your favorite show or movie, and you're like, you know what? Some broccoli sounds really good right now, <laughs> right? Nobody has ever said that in the history of the world, unless I'm just like missing something. If you have, please, you know, send in a message to Lori, let her know. Yeah, hey, I, I did have a salad at two in the morning one time. But generally, that's the time when we're going for the snacky foods, you know, the 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 um, the cookies, the 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 cakes, the desserts, the chips, those kind of things, right? Because your brain is starting to literally shut down by a reduction of glucose reaching your brain, which they found was about um, uh, 6% total reduction in glucose reaching your brain. And this is a survival response. If you miss that much glucose for your brain, your body thinks you're dying, and it will compel you to go eat something quickly that gets converted into glucose, which is going to be those type of foods. And again, we're setting ourselves up for failure. So what do we do about this? All right. Um, I want to start with the low-hanging fruit first and foremost. Number one is... um, this headline, which is a great night of sleep starts the moment you wake up in the morning. Okay, a great night of sleep starts the moment that you wake up in the morning. And as I'm standing here right now in my office, I've got the windows open and the sun is shining uh, into the room and sunlight, exposure to sunlight, specifically in the early morning between 6 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. has been clinically proven to help you to sleep better at night, which sounds crazy. It's like, what does the sun have to do with sleep? Well, this is basically resetting your cortisol rhythm. It's keeping you in sync, your circadian clock with nature, all right? And what's so great, and we could do a whole show just talking about this, but we, even if you look at the definition of nature, it's everything except humans, all right? You go to like Dr. Google right now and just type in the definition of nature. It, we've extracted ourselves from being a part of nature, but you are. And so um, one of the studies I cited in, um, in Sleep Smarter, I believe it was Innovations in Neuroscience, um, but this, this study found that individuals who got that kind of prime time exposure of sunlight in the morning had a reduction in their cortisol levels at night, right? So getting that early morning sun exposure, because sunlight actually increases your cortisol, right? Which sounds like a bad thing, but it's not. It's resetting your cortisol rhythm. And it helps to make sure that cortisol is reduced at night because the last thing you want when you want to get great sleep is have cortisol elevated because you can be physiologically passed out for eight hours. But if your melatonin is not getting produced at the right level and cortisol is too high, your brain is not cycling through the right brain waves to produce the anabolic hormones to get you recovered, reparative enzymes, all this stuff that brings you back better the next day are not getting done. So this is why you can wake up feeling like just a, a, a certified hot mess the next day, all right? So 
cortisol is one of the big things and you get a reduction in cortisol. Sunlight also helps to produce serotonin. Super, super powerful. Serotonin is, uh, today it's really marketed as this kind of antidepressant neurotransmitter. And, you know, I saw this for years in my clinic and just, you know, the research over the years, but a lot of uh, antidepressants are SSRIs, which are serotonin reuptake inhibitors. So the, the, the medication is working to make sure that med, uh, serotonin is more active in your system and not getting metabolized too quickly. But the question is, how can we make more of it, right? How can we make more of it naturally? Getting sun exposure, all right? And here's why this matters even more for sleep is that serotonin is the precursor for melatonin, all right? You need serotonin for your body to, uh, to make more melatonin. So it all works together in this natural, beautiful synchronicity of having a day and night cycle. That's what's so amazing is like this stuff isn't rocket science, but it's just getting back connected to what's real and natural about us. So that's number one tip. Uh, get at minimum of 10 minutes of light exposure um, in that prime time uh, of 6 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. And later in the day is great too, but that's more so for like vitamin D production, whatever, just a bunch of other reasons, but this is to reset that cortisol rhythm. And the darker your skin is, the darker your complexion, the more sunlight you actually need. Mm because you have more melanin, this kind of built-in sunscreen. And so um, if you can just strategize, maybe you get outside and do your exercise, you know, for 10 minutes, go for a quick walk. It's best to get it on your skin directly, but even being in a, a room that has light shining into it so it can get through your optical receptors is helpful. But I would really love, you know, the thing is we're going through a change right now where it's getting colder in, in lots of parts of the country. And so it's like, how do you go about this? Uh, there are many ways, and I, I there's we could you know spend the whole time just talking about that. But there's strategies that are in Sleep Smarter and how to get safe, smart sun exposure and to get these benefits. Mm, awesome. I was just going to ask that for people. I used to live in the Midwest, and <laughs> I remember one January where I think the sun came out once, um, and I felt yeah. crazy. Uh, <laughs> but I will literally, you guys must get this book. Okay, so what is number two? Number two, and this is sticking with the morning routine here. And Appalachian State University did a study, and they had exercisers to train at three different times all right, over the course of the study to see how the timing of your exercise impacts your sleep at night. And this actually had a huge impact. So in the study, they had exercisers train at 7 a.m. exclusively. Then they had them train at 1 p.m. exclusively. Then they had them train at 7 p.m. exclusively. At the end of the study, they collected all the data and they found that the morning exercisers, the people who trained at 7 a.m., number one, they had more time in the deepest, most anabolic stages of sleep. They actually spent more time in deep sleep, deep non-REM sleep. What that equates to is you're producing more human growth hormone, more, more reparative enzymes. You're just, you're getting built up really nicely, all right? Number two, they had more efficient sleep cycles. Okay, so that trans transition from, uh, you know, the beta state, and uh, I don't want to throw too much stuff out there, but going from beta to, to, to alpha, theta, delta, all that stuff, that, that flow of your brainwaves actually operating normally was improved. And finally, one other point that I'll share here is that they also found that morning exercisers had about a 25% greater drop in their blood pressure at night than the people exercising at the other times. And what that correlates to, that drop in blood pressure, is a natural thing that corresponds to an activation of your 
It's called your parasympathetic nervous system or AKA your rest and digest nervous system and a deactivation of your fight or flight nervous system. All right, so they saw all of that just by exercising in the morning. Now, I did an experiment because I didn't just wanna make this like a black and white issue, like you have to exercise in the morning or you're gonna die. You know, it's <laughs> not like that, it's not that serious. Um, because I've been a morning exerciser for, for years, you know, so for at least like 10 years. And so prior to the book coming out, I did an experiment and I worked out exclusively in the afternoon. So like I get to the gym maybe like four or 4.30 and I monitored everything because also a lot of guys, especially, and a lot of ladies too, but they're concerned about their gains, you know, making sure that you're getting the results that you want. And so I tracked. So, and I had an improvement in everything. Um, but here's what the thing was, is that in the morning, I still did about 10 minutes of exercise. Mm. And then I did like a full kind of, you know, hit the gym workout or, you know, some more, something more intense here at, at my place um, every, day, every day that I was going to, you know, so maybe it was three or four days a week. Mm -hmm. And so my, my exercise in the morning did not have a negative impact on my gains or my, my results from my other workouts. So my strength numbers improved, testosterone improved. Uh, reaction time, body fat percentage, everything got better. And mm. so for the people who do train later in the day, you can still get this benefit by exercising in the morning. What this does is by getting five to 10, just five to 10 minutes of exercise in the morning is it helps with that cortisol reset that I've talked about. Mm. So it gets that cortisol elevated so that it can get onto a natural rhythm and drop out in the evening when it's supposed to. And so what does that look like? Well, uh, you could do five, just five minutes of uh, jumping on a rebounder. You know, I love my rebounder. NASA has tremendous amount of research showing that it's even more effective for building bone density and and muscle tissue. Excuse me, than um, than walking, mm. right? So they found that th they were using rebounding. This is back in the '80s. They found this out to help individuals who have dramatic loss in their bone density because they're in space with no gravity and no environment pushing against you to develop and grow. And so rebounding is awesome. You could do that. Uh, you can go for a quick power walk, five to 10 minutes, and that's another way to stack conditions, get that sun exposure. Um, you can do uh, a couple of, you know, five minutes of, of kettlebell swings, maybe some Tabata, where you do 20 seconds of exercise, 20 seconds of rest for four or five minutes. Um, those are just a couple of things. Do a power yoga session. Just do something to get that heart rate going get a little bit of a, of a pump going, get yourself going. It's, we all know this is great anyways, mm -hmm. but some of us don't do it because like I'm working out later and they're missing out on those benefits for your sleep just by doing five to 10 minutes of exercise in the morning. Mm. And when you think about it, I mean, it's just, you say benefits of sleep, but I mean, it's benefits of obviously everything that you talked about. If you get good sleep, then it's benefits of just, it's like stacking on top of that awesome workout that you're going to have in the evening. Exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, was there a number three? Oh, of course. There's 21, <laughs> okay, 21 there's strategies, 21. <laughs> uh, all clinically proven and sleep smarter. So we could talk about any of uh, them. Um, I'll put one more out. And if, uh, if there's one that you want me to talk about mm -hmm. that I didn't just tell me, Okay. There's so many. We could get into the conversation because the other end of the spectrum, if you're getting that morning light exposure, you're getting that exercise time in the morning, and then you are up at, you know, one o'clock in the morning, you know, watching Scandal or whatever it is, you know, you're defeating the purpose, right? You're bathing yourself and you're not getting that proper day and night cycle. Mm. 
So you're automatically throwing off your sleep quality because you're elevating cortisol. So number one, Harvard researchers confirmed that uh, exposure to specifically blue light, which is one of the main spectrums of light, it's the strongest spectrum of light coming from our devices, our televisions, our computers, our, our cell phones. And it is like, it is destroying, absolutely destroying our sleep quality in this country to the degree that really forward thinking companies like Apple have now built into their phones and their iPads uh, a tool called Night Shift that automatically pulls out the most troublesome blue light from your screen at night. It does this automatically. Mm. All you got to do is push a button and it's set on your phone and it will do this automatically every day. And, um, and for those who didn't do the update, who have older iPhones, make sure to do that. It's just an update. When you update the iOS update, um, night shift will be there in your tools and you can just set it and forget it. Mm -hmm. So why would they do this? This is a multi, multi-billion dollar company. Why would they do this? Well, I personally feel that they're being proactive because it's sort of like the McDonald's lawsuits. Like, you know, I know that I ate the food, but you made it so unhealthy that it damaged me and now I'm sick, I'm obese, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. And so with our cell phones and our devices, there's more and more data coming out that, you know, your, your iPhone is potentially a cancer-causing agent. And so why I'm saying this is like that's kind of getting a little bit too far, a little scary, but not so. Because the World Health Organization has come out and affirmed that um, shift work or being up at night is a class 2A carcinogen. And one of the big reasons why this is, is that melatonin is one, of our, is one of our most powerful endogenous anti-cancer hormones that our body produce. We talked about melatonin for sleep quality. We talked about it for body fat loss, but it's also a powerful anti-cancer compound. And the nurse's study that I cited in the book found that there's a 30% greater incidence of breast cancer in uh, night shift nurses, night shift working nurses, than the, than the normal population. And this is because their, their day and night cycle is thrown off so dramatically. And so we have to allow our body to create the conditions where we can produce melatonin at night. So what does this look like? Well, they found that in the study from Harvard that all light isn't created equal in how it impacts your body. So uh, blue light suppressed melatonin and threw off your circadian timing or your sleep cycle twice as much as green light exposure of the same luminance. And they found that red light exposure was negligible. It had almost no impact on throwing off your melatonin. So if you look at evolution, what have we actually been exposed to? Because, you know, computers and TV, this has literally just been a few decades. It's like a blink of an eye in, in human evolution. It hasn't been long. Mm -hmm. And we're not evolved to handle this stuff. But if we did have light exposure, you know, we'll say um, 150 years ago, it was from fire. Mm -hmm. And what color is that? What color is that light? It's that reddish, orangish, yellow kind of color. That and we think that those are hot colors, but they actually, if we look at the Kelvin scale, which is getting a little nerdy, but those are cooler colors. It cools off your screen when you have the, that, that, that app on. Or another app for you guys for your desktop, laptops is Flux. If you're not using this yet, please. It's so easy to install. Just go to Dr. Google, type F.LUX, couple clicks, and it's on your device. I've been using it for many years. Um, it'll do the same thing as with your iPhone. For Androids, uh, there's... It, there's it's kind of sketchy. There's different ones out there. You just go to your app store, type in blue light uh, blocker, and Twilight is getting pretty good reviews. Um, but the best thing that we can do is absolutely use those things. And for ambient light, and like if people are really want to get nerded out with this stuff, and you know if you do want to stay up late and watch a, a movie when your kids go to sleep or whatever the case is, this doesn't mean don't have fun and to do your adulting. 
but also you want to be an awesome adult the next day, you know, and I like to feel better more than I like Game of Thrones, you know, and I, I like Game of Thrones. Like I'm, <laughs> I mean, Khaleesi, let's go, yes. you know, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Mother of Dragons. But here's the thing is that, you know, you can wear some blue light blocking glasses. You know, there's blue light blocking shades that you can put on in the evening if you do, if you were going to engage in that behavior. Mm. Best thing, though, best case scenario for the masters out there that want to really be a master at this thing is to give yourself a little bit of a screen curfew in the evening. And this is probably the hardest thing. And I could have talked about any of the other strategies that are much, much easier and you can stack conditions in your favor, but I'll be doing a disservice because this is probably damaging our society's sleep the most because we don't know about it. And so give yourself a screen curfew at least 30 minutes before you go to bed. Give your body a fighting chance because what the research showed was that for every hour that you're on your device at night, melatonin is suppressed for 30 minutes. Mm. So if you're on your device, three hour movie or three hours of shows, your melatonin is suppressed for an hour and a half mm. after that. So again, you can physiologically pass out and be unconscious, but if you're not producing melatonin, your, your sleep cycle is not getting, it's not operating properly, not even close. So you're not actually getting that anabolic, real deep recovery sleep and the capacity that you could be getting. And so um, 30 minutes, an hour, if you're like an absolute star, this doesn't always even happen for me, all right? It's, but I have those other things, those other hacks. But this is the best thing. And so what do we do to fill that time? And, and I break down in the book why this is, what's going on in our brain with this whole thing. But we, bottom line is you have to fill it with something of greater equal value because Instagram is super addictive. You know, it's like, you just scroll, you scroll, baby. You, and next thing you know, <laughs> You're in the internet black hole, like time is gone, 30 minutes has gone by. It's like, what am I doing? <laughs> you know? and so here's the thing. Because it's so attractive, we have to have something that fills us up more, mm. you know, or at least the same amount. So this could be, and this, was, this might take some work, as crazy as this sounds, to talk to your kids. Like spend some time to actually talk to your kids, mm. talk to your significant other, uh, have a conversation with your best friend, you know, sit down face to face or you know, on a, a real phone, maybe, you know, a landline, I don't know. Um, or just kind of, you know, put your earpiece on, use your cell phone, whatever. Um, but just as long as you're not staring into your, into your device. Um, reading a, a wonderful book, you know, there's so many amazing books for you to dive into and to have that. And I, I used to think that because I'm so analytical, um, that reading fiction was, it was not productive. All right. This is kind of this is full disclosure here. Uh, I would, would feel that it's not productive because I wasn't like learning some kind of a skill or something about nutrition or something like that. But it's made me a better human being, I feel, because a certain part of your brain that activates to create that world that you're reading about. Mm. Right. So it made me, I know for certain, more creative. It made me a better writer. It made me a better speaker. It made me a better person by absorbing and taking some time to read some nonfiction as well. Play some games. Uh, this is probably the best thing you could do right here is have sex. Mm. And I devoted a whole chapter to that, mm. talking about the benefits related to sex and orgasm and sleep. Mm. And um, the reason I'm saying it's the best thing is because I'm pretty sure that it's more entertaining than Instagram. I hope <laughs> that it is, but you know. <laughs> um, so, but these are all options for us and there's many more, but you've got to fill that space with something of, of value to you. 
And like I said, I mean, there's so many other things we could talk about in this realm. There's sleep nutrients that we could talk about, but um, these are three really powerful things that we could put into play. And there's little branches of strategies within all of those things. Mm, so much good stuff. And we probably only have time for one more thing. And I think I'm going to ask you about people who maybe have one drink a day or a few drinks a week. What effect does that have on your sleep? I know I feel a massive difference. Okay, so uh, the alcohol and the sleep. Yeah, this is now full again, full disclosure. I'm a fan. All right. Mm. I, I'm not against people drinking and and, and having a good time. <laughs> yes, wine. My wife. Yeah, my wife is a big fan of wine. She's becoming a connoisseur. I had a wine tasting with Gary Vaynerchuk, mm. you know, like, of course, I'm going to drink wine. So, <laughs> But here's the thing. We do know, and what we found um, in the research is that drinking alcohol before bed does, in fact, help you to fall asleep faster. Absolutely. But here's the downside. What was discovered is that drinking alcohol, even though it does help you to fall asleep faster, it has a really tragic response or a tragic impact on your REM sleep. And what happens is something called the REM rebound effect. And this is, and I actually show, uh, there's like a chart that you can look at it as well. And so what happens is your REM sleep gets radically disturbed. And your REM sleep, even though I've been talking about anabolic kind of non-REM sleep, so REM is rapid eye movement sleep. Mm -hmm. This is when you're dreaming. But this is also when memory processing happens. So this is when the things that you're learning right now, the things that you're experiencing today gets converted into your short-term memory mm -hmm. in a more focused way for your brain. When you're stopped getting up and moving around doing all this stuff, your brain really goes into action to build those memories. And so if you drink enough, you can actually shut down and block your short-term memories from getting built. And I know nobody listening has ever drank so much they don't remember what they said or did or what happened. I know nobody on this particular <laughs> podcast has ever had that happen, but there are probably some people you know that this has happened to. You, know? <laughs> you drink, and this is why. This is exactly why it happens that this memory loss takes place is because their REM sleep is so damaged. And so they're not able to convert what happened into their short-term memory and eventually their long-term memory. So even if you have a couple of drinks right before bed, um, you know, uh, even a glass of wine could throw off that REM, um, can create that REM rebound effect. Now, what can we do about this? This is really simple. It's not that don't drink, but depending on how much alcohol you have, Give yourself a buffer, right? I recommend, you know, if you're going to have two or three glasses of wine, give yourself a solid two to three hours, preferably three hours if you have three glasses of wine before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. So if you're planning on going to bed at, we'll say, 11 o'clock, try and wrap up your, your wine, you know, with dinner by, you know, 930, mm -hmm. all right? Just get, get that done. And that's plenty of time, you know, to, to, to drive back home, to, you know, spend some quality time doing whatever you're doing, winding down, whatever. Give yourself some time because your body metabolizes and processes alcohol pretty quickly. Thus, why you pee so much more, all right? It's trying to get rid of that stuff very quickly. So, and also to help that process, just drink more water. You know, nature's solution to pollution is dilution. So just dilute it. You'll be able to dilute and process and help your liver to process the alcohol even faster by having some, uh, some water along with your, with your alcohol. Or at least just keep a pitcher of water on your table and... Um, that's it. You know, just continue. You know, you can do the things that make you feel good. If you love wine, if you love having a couple of drinks, but 
obviously, if you're going to go, you know, maybe go to happy hour instead of like all night thing, you know, just getting lit with, you know, whatever it is you're, you're drinking on. But um, it's just we need to have a better relationship with this stuff. Do it, you know, um, do this in a fashion that's serving us and not damaging us. And I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Totally. Thank you for that. Um, I could keep you on here forever because this is like brain candy for me. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say thank you so much for being on here. And I really, you guys, I've been reading this book and I am loving it. Like I'm completely entertained and I feel like I'm learning something in every single sentence that I read. Um, and you do it in such an interesting, like it's just an easy, accessible, digestible way. So thank you for that. Your writing style is awesome. Um, and obviously your speaking style too. So where can we find your book, follow you, all that good stuff? Awesome. Thank you so much. That means everything to me. Um, so most people know me from my my podcast, and I'm very honored to say we've been number one in the in the country many, many, many times Yay. on iTunes. <laughs> crazy, right? Crazy, so totally awesome. crazy. And uh, so you can find me there where you're listening to this amazing podcast. You could find me there, too, if it's iTunes or Stitcher or wherever. Uh, it's The Model Health Show, The Model Health Show. You could check us out there. And also you can go to my website and listen to it there as well. We also have videos of, of a lot of the episodes and it's themodelhealthshow.com. And I also do some pretty epic articles and things like that. And you can check out Sleep Smarter. You can find it at your local bookstore, um, anywhere your books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all that good stuff online as well. But you can also find it at sleepsmarterbook.com. And there is a bonus there by getting the book there. That and I, I forget to tell people about this. Like my wife is like, you need to tell people about this. But <laughs> I did so much work, and I went into the studio and I made twenty-one videos that go with each of the twenty-one chapters wow. that you get for free when you get the book from SleepSmarterBook.com. So uh, it's a pretty cool little bonus that um, that you could take advantage of as well. So TheModelHealthShow.com, TheModelHealthShow, and SleepSmarterBook.com. Mm, you are awesome. Thank you so much. And I always ask everyone one last question, and that is. You are on an elevator with someone and you only have 30 seconds and they look at you and they say, how can I make myself happy? What do you say? Wow. It's so powerful. Give to someone else, Mm. serve, serve others right now. As soon as this elevator opens, find somebody to add value to in their life. Maybe there's, you know, somebody who's walking by and just give them a smile, say hello and um, or maybe there's somebody that you could help that's, you know, struggling with uh, carrying something or mm-hmm. uh, somebody yesterday. Um, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but mm-hmm. I was driving to Whole Foods, fancy Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's right next to like Nordstrom and all this stuff. And there's a mother and her son standing there on the corner and um, this Middle Eastern descent. And she has a sign and it says that I, I lost my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, please help with money for food. And I got out, I parked and I got out of my car and I walked over like, um, you know, it was maybe like a block um, or half a block. And I gave them, I gave them like, uh, I, get, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to sound like. Um, <sighs> Share. <laughs> so I gave them what I had in my wallet, you know, it was like $40. Mm-hmm. And the, the little boy was like so grateful. Mm. But. It's that's that's a small thing. That's just a small thing that we can do. I wanted to there's so much more I wanted to do, you know, and I didn't know if it was my place. And it absolutely is my place. So even as I'm sharing this with you guys, 
that was helping them for a moment. And I'm going to strive the next time I'm in a position like that, how can I serve and, and maybe ask them some questions, maybe find out if there's another way that I can help them. Um, because we, that's really what lights us up. That's what gives us joy and happiness in our own lives is, is finding a way to be of service to others. And it might not necessarily be something like it's so uh, devastating when somebody loses their job or loses their home. Uh, but, but maybe it's just in, in the context of, you know, somebody's having a, a hard time with their kids in school. You know, maybe it's a mom and she's struggling with that. Maybe it's, you know, uh, somebody's looking for another job and they don't like the job that they're in. How can you find a way to add value and happiness to their lives? That's what's going to light you up. So I'm mm. uh, sorry to kind of extend the answer there, but um, I wasn't planning on talking about that. Mm. But I love such- it. Amen. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And I'm so glad that you shared. So thank you so much. And I just think that was such a, it, it is, it's just a, a reminder that it's the little things that, and we stack them, right? It's just one little thing like that a day could be, it's life changing for people. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I so appreciate you. Thank you. Wow. Mm. Thank you. I feel <laughs> really happy and at peace. Oh. So thank you so much for, for sharing your platform and for you, for asking amazing questions. Laura, you're awesome. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And you guys, if you loved this episode as much as I did, make sure you share it with your friends and family. And until next time, earn your happy. Bye, everyone. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Earn Your Happy podcast. I am so glad that you stopped by. If you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would love it, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be forever grateful. Also, please leave us a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving us an honest thought, an honest comment. Tell us what you think. Tell us what you want to hear more of. It would really help us out on our journey to helping thousands and thousands of people. Until then, don't forget to earn your happy. Thanks again, guys. Bye-bye. Hey, do you know what the big secret is this year? And it shouldn't be a secret because this should be your biggest focus. It is building your community. I am always working on building and nurturing my community and everyone is talking about the power of community. Without an online community, you just cannot grow organically or create a real movement, which is what I know that we're all after. And you can build trust or monetize your audience. When you get community right, Not only does your audience grow faster, but so do your sales. But where's everybody gonna be managing their communities these days? And a lot of online entrepreneurs and thought leaders are turning to circle.so. Circle is an all-in-one community platform. It lets you host content and create discussions, live streams, group chats, and memberships all under your own brand. And what's so cool about Circle.so is that you don't even need a website or Facebook group. Instead, Circle lets you build your own community site where you can host content and manage your members. You can even create locked and unlocked content spaces, groups, and classes. How freaking cool is that? You can put your content behind a 
paywall too. And you can charge different amounts of money for different spaces on your community site. Circle.so is famously easy to use and it has a free 14 day trial for you. So you can go check it out, see if you like it, see if you love all the options. Just go to circle.so. Go check it out right now, you guys. Imagine being able to manage your community, start group chats and live classes and accept payments all in one place. Kind of mind blowing since this is usually spread all over the place. You have to log into so many different things. If this is the year to capture, organize and monetize your community, head over to circle.so. You can get a free trial and start building your online community right now. Just go to circle.so. You guys, you get the 14 day free trial. So just go and see if it's for you. It's gonna streamline everything and make your life so much easier. It's so freaking cool. Want to know a huge secret to my success? Okay, not only my success, but just about every single person that I have interviewed on this podcast who is successful has this in common. You guys, they love to journal. They capture their life lessons and what they're grateful for. But a lot of people don't keep this up consistently. And most people do know that the research shows that journaling deepens your gratitude and increases self-awareness. But did you also know that journaling decreases stress and helps you achieve your goals faster? In fact, journaling is a huge differentiator between average performers at work and high-performing people. It leads to longer-term clarity, confidence, and success. So why don't more people journal? Why didn't I journal consistently? Honestly, they don't like staring at a blank page. It's hard to carry a book around with you or a notepad, and they just don't even know what to write about or they just forget. That's why I know that you're going to love Growth Day. It's the world's number one system for self-improvement and it's like all-in-one personal development in an app. And it has an awesome digital journal and people love it. Growth Day's digital journal has hundreds of research-backed writing prompts for self-reflection, positive mindset, confidence building, and success. I use them all the time and it makes me think in ways that I typically don't and it makes me ask myself better questions, which we all know gets better results in our life. It even has prompts that help you develop a daily, weekly, or monthly habit of reflecting on your life and identifying areas to grow. So it's a perfect time of year to start journaling, you guys. When you sign up at Growth Day, you also get systems for habit tracking, goal setting, and scoring and improving every area of your life. Best of all, I get to teach there too, you guys. I'm so excited. I hope that I get to see you. I teach live in Growth Day every single month with a new topic just for you. So join me there. Start your free trial at growthdate.com slash Lori. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. And I want to make sure that you have my phone number and I'm not kidding. Did you know that I have a community text number for real? My phone number is 310-496-8363. This goes directly to my phone. All you have to do is text the word daily to 310-496-8363. And I literally text you every single day, Monday through Friday. I actually just got done 30 seconds ago texting a bunch of people back 
And I talk to you all of the time. You guys, people always ask me how I got my community text number and how it works. Well, all you have to do is you can just go to community.com and get your own. Community makes it easy to get a phone number that you can use to build your audience using text. People just text you at your number and they're added to your group. Then you can text them out audios, video links, anything you want. You guys, I text out happy birthday videos. I love to send podcast links, thoughts about life, book recommendations, uh, different events that I'm doing in the local area. Texting gets me out of the noise of social media and directly into your hand. And now you can start texting your people too. Just go to community.com to get your phone number. They give you a 10 digit real phone number, not those weird short codes that look like spam, but it's more than a phone number. Your new number comes with an inbox for SMS and texting. This means you can actually manage your text list from your computer and an app on your phone. You can schedule texts to send at certain times and to certain groups. You can even set up auto replies or let your assistant or customer service team answer your text messages via community's awesome dashboard. Just go to community.com and ask for a free demo. They'll show you how it works and get you your number. It's time to start texting your audience versus just posting on social media. Everyone uses community for that. So go check them out at community.com. I can tell you it's not just great for communicating with my audience, but Chris and I use community and our texts to also sell out our launches. I'm telling you, you get such an incredible response because you really are creating a true deep sense of community and it's so intimate. It's freaking amazing. Go check it out at community.com.